This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is a Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Looks at me as Ricky Woodmer. What's up, what's up? And Dave Oster. Hey, guys. How's it going, Dave? How's it going? Are you, are you Mark Weber? Are you filling in for uh, Dub Them E's? Dub Them E's, baby. I don't get the joke. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's an original onside it's kick throwback. Way, it's way back to the onside kick when we first started. I was probably still in grammar school yeah. when you guys were doing probably. that. It, it always went, Ricky, with Dave Oster. Hey, guys. Mark Weber. How's it going? Ah. Every single time. Anyway, you can check those out on uh, Blog Talk Radio. Mm-hmm. We're Please, out. Please don't. They're terrible. Because <laughs> we're on Blog Leave Talk Radio now. Uh, if you're listening on SoundCloud, we're going to be making the full move over to Blog Talk Radio on October 1st. So uh, go check us out on Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com slash podcast. And you can find our channel pages for every single podcast, or you can just find every podcast uh, from there. But we're going to be talking about ranking the sophomores uh, going into 2016-2017, and we're also going to be ranking all uh, the, all starting shooting guards uh, in the NBA. We did point guards last week, so if you want to check that out, uh, go to the Fast Break on uh, Blog Talk Radio. You can find that, or even on our YouTube page. Uh, but let's jump into the sophomore talk. Chad Ford and uh, Kevin Pelton put out an article on ESPN ranking the top 10 uh, rookies in uh, going into 2016-2017. Number one is Cat. Agree or disagree? I mean... He won Rookie of the Year. We, yeah. I think we all kind of know that he's like the up and coming next big man. Like, all right, after year one, they're proclaiming like, yeah, next year, assuming Anthony Davis sits in that like middle ground again and doesn't really progress, Cat might overtake him as like the best big in the NBA. Well, and it really comes down to the only one that I would think about. I'm not saying would, but the only one that could overtake them in some people's minds is Kristaps. Right? Mm-hmm. He's well, the only one that. It's either you have Cat, which is the right choice, and then you have Porzinga. Well, but. I don't think I think most people, except maybe the kids from outside New York or wherever Kristaps, I believe Lithuania, uh, is from. Uh, I think that's the only people that would actually put him over over Cat. But say, look, I love Porzinga. Coming into the draft, you guys knew it. During the draft, I, I called it, and I was like, New York, you motherfuckers, just pay attention. And <laughs> Chad Ford also said now that he was a fan of mm-hmm. Christophe Suspiciously, Porzingis. Suspiciously, Chad Ford suddenly <laughs> was a fan of Christophe Porzingis. This is the, the guy draft. that also went back and changed all his mock drafts, right? What? To no, make him look better? Who would edit those? Like, oh, just come on. Everyone had credible. Steph Curry in the top five of that NBA draft. <laughs> Everybody. But, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think you agree. Cat's yeah. got an all-around game. Like, yeah. when, when you've got a player who is as big and athletic as he is, but he still has a great shot. He's at, he's quick to the boards. Mm-hmm. He's even good in transition. Like from top to bottom, like you know, on baseball, it's like a five-tool player. Like he is that equivalent in the NBA. And he, and he comes from the factory in Kentucky. Yeah, and he didn't. He didn't look like a rookie last year, and that's that, that's the thing. And, and he he looked like the best player on that team. And that's that's got former rookie of the year Andrew Wiggins, guys like Zach Levine, who's athletic as hell. Uh, I mean, Kevin Garnett, who's not the same Kevin Garnett, but still, I mean, you know. He's got a veteran Mentor presence Kevin there. Garnett, yeah, yeah I, th- I think you're really going to see a, a big leap from Cat, even from what you saw. Uh, and I think even if Anthony Davis like does show that like MVP type level, I think Cat's going to still be competing with him and Boogie for best big man. Uh, number two, we already talked about already, Porzingis. Uh, but Pelton disagree, and I, I kind of want to I kind of want to throw this out there. He's got uh, Jokic from uh, the Denver Nuggets at two ahead of Kristaps. Do you agree with that? Because Looking at Kristaps, he's looking like the next Dirk. I mean, looking like the basic prototypical next uh, stretch four yeah, here. Just, in just your average like seven footer who you know is a great fall away. You know, no big deal. But can stretch it from three. Yeah, As, honestly, I, I understand that. Look, Jokic was possible. I don't want to say dominant. Surprising. He was surprisingly surprising well. good at what he did down low. Uh, he owned the boards. 
He had a really good field goal percentage. He was shooting over 50%. Uh, he played 80 games, which, look, let's be honest, that's a lot for a rookie. A lot of rookies don't see that much playing time. It's because it's a big change going from the EuroLeague to the NBA. thing that I think, and the only reason why some people may say, well, oh, look at Jokic, is look at where he was drafted. It's easy to look at 41st overall, look at how he played and go, well, that's pretty good for a 30, 41st pick. 31st. Like, 31st. when you look at where Kristaps was drafted, top of the first round, well, of course, there's going to be high standards with mm-hmm. that that you have to live up to, where a second-round pick, most people are like me, where it's like, fuck it, throw it away. Especially if it's like the last five in the second round, just throw it away. We don't need it. I don't think you're saying fuck it, throw it away, because your boy Kay Felder was picked in the 50s. Yeah, well, it depends. <laughs> well, top, of, top of that second round, because Draymond was also there, too. You yeah. can find some players. People. I mean, but Isaiah Thomas, th- who you had that, in the top ten of point guards, is let's be honest. 60. Let's be honest. The second round is, hey, let's see how they do in the summer league, and if they impress us, we'll keep them around. Yeah, or it's draft and stash. Yeah, yeah. Or, it's or draft one or the and other. stash. I mean, draft and stash has kind of changed now, where people are actually taking the draft and stash way earlier because, mm-hmm. and maybe even uh, Jokic's uh, performance this year uh, did change that. But I mean, even Jokic, I mean, he can even shoot himself. So, do you see Jokic? actually taking over Porzingis, or right now is it so hard because you have such a high expectation I think, for I think Porzingis? Porzingis' ceiling is still higher than him. Like, look, we've, we've seen what Dirk can do and the longevity of his career uh, because of his play style. So that lends you, like, confidence in Porzingis going forward. And I don't really have a direct great comparison for Jokic yet because he he's good uh, at a lot of things, but, like, I just don't feel like I, I'm ready to put him at number two in, like, you know, overall sophomore class. Sorry, he's just not there. He's still young, though. I mean, that's the thing. All these guys are still young. Yeah. So, and, and what you saw from him last year, very impressive. I would still say Porzingis was more impressive because Jokic was very, uh, I mean, not really, he was just very consistent. But with Porzingis, you saw that flash of he can be a star player, where with Jokic, he could probably be an all star a couple of years. But I think Porzingis. If he can hit his full potential, he'll be a kind of a perennial, perennial. all-star. So, Most certainly. So that's the thing. The one thing I want to talk about, though, is the two guys that are, are that I feel are, are ranked pretty low. You got D'Angelo Russell for Pelton, who's 7, and you got Emmanuel Moutier for Pelton, who's ranked 10. And then you have D'Angelo Russell, who's ranked 8 for uh, Chad Ford, and then 6 for Moutier. Are those guys too low, and are they got, getting enough credit? Well, I can see why they both have them where they respectively do. Because for Moutier, we we discussed it last week. You can check out our when we ranked the point guards coming into this season. Moutier, like it was kind of almost a flop last year, and of course, me going it wasn't in, that bad. He, he wasn't as great. and thirty one percent wasn't as great as we all were expecting. And with with Russell, with Russell, it was one of the things where. I'm going to I'm going to use this year as the first parameter for him because the tank commander didn't like him and the tank commander <laughs> knew that there was one goal on his mind Da-na-na-na, get the first pick and they didn't get it but Good now enough. with when they got Luke Walton I want to see what Russell can do with Luke Walton I think he'll do better things and then we'll get a better gauge on Russell after this year. See, and, and maybe it is more because of where they gone or where they went uh, again. Because mm-hmm. you know, guys like Jokic went in 2014 in the second round. Uh, Ronda Hollis Jefferson, who's in uh, Pelton's top five, only played, uh, didn't even play uh, 50 games last year. or Played 50 games. Uh, was taken in the late first round. Josh Richardson as well. Uh, these, you know, Moutier and Russell were in the top uh, 10 each. 
Uh, you know, looking at these guys, though, I think I think Russell has that potential that we really haven't seen. And, and, you know, if we're talking about guys going into and not really looking at too much of what they did and seeing the potential they had, I mean, Russell showed his potential in that one game where he scored 30 points. It I, was more than one game. He, he had multiple times where he just went off, and it, it gives you a lot of hope because once he gets rolling, you see that confidence in his step. You see him, like, very confident when he brings the ball to court. He knows what he's doing. He kind of gets that drive to him where he's like, all right, we've got this. I got this rolling now. It's just when he doesn't have that, he looks lost out there from time to time. And I think part of that was because, you know, it was a bad team that was still relying on Kobe to give them leadership. And at that point, it was kind of like, where is your place? You're not the leader of this team. You know, you are partially responsible for the ball handling, the movement on the court. But at the same time, he didn't really have the backing of that locker room, which he lost. Mm -hmm. He didn't have the backing of his coach. So it's really hard to really, you know, plant yourself in there and be like, this is my team when you got no respect around you. So does he have potential? Off the fucking charts, absolutely. But if this team doesn't turn around and, like, accept him in, then I don't know what we're going to expect out of him next year. And something I do kind of want to bring up about Russell, and it's not the greatest comparison, but I'm going to try to throw it out there. Uh, but looking at D'Angelo Russell's first year and looking at Chris Paul's first year, kind of a big jump there. But And, and Chris, Chris Paul is going to be more of the uh, facilitator than D'Angelo Russell will. But they put up similar points per game. Uh, Chris, uh, let's see, uh, Chris Paul was a better shooter by a little bit. Uh, D'Angelo Russell was a better three-point shooter. Uh, and D'Angelo Russell had similar turnover ratios. So I really think that it's just, you know, he didn't get that full support that you were talking about. And that's the, the reason why I would have him probably in, in my top five at least. I mean, I would probably put him right behind Porzingis and Cat because looking at what he can do if he has that full push behind him and he has guys like Brandon Ingram and Jordan Clarkson coming around him and, you know, the the help of veteran guys like Luol Deng, I think he's going to take that huge jump, and especially the the Luke Walton effect mm-hmm. that, that you had. Is there any guys that didn't make the list or that, that are on this list that should be higher or just think that are going to surprise us completely? Because there's guys like Devin Booker who, that, you know, kind I mean, of was you up brought and down. up guys, you know, okay, we see their potential with the team around them, you know, who you're going to compare them to. Devin Booker looks like he could be like the next coming of Clay Thompson. Mm-hmm. He, off the bat, his shooting, fantastic. He kind of has a little bit of an issue right now because they have a very loaded backcourt yeah. in Phoenix. So his playing time, hopefully we see that increase because he's continuing to improve. They're going to ship out somebody and regret it, but that's fine, Phoenix. Like, that's your, that's your game. That's your default move. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Because Devin Booker, he's got potential to be one of the league's best scorers in probably three years like he he has that uh he has the stroke he has the arm movement like when he takes his shots it doesn't look kind of janky there's some players who get it in and it's ugly no he's fantastic so honestly i think he should be three like bar none i know there there's cases made for all these guys but Mm -hmm. i i think devin booker as far as we're talking star potential in the future like he finished his rookie campaign he showed us just a little bit glimpse of well this is what i can do Ooh, I'm excited. And his his three point percentage was like above forty percent at some time, and it just kind of you know fell down off that cliff because he just kept shooting more and more yeah. and more. Is there any guys on this list, Ricky, that you can really see taking a, a bigger jump? I mean, I, I know you love just Steve Russell. I, was I thinking, think he's the yeah. guy because it's all about. I really want to see what this Laker team can do with Luke Walton mm-hmm. at the helm, with an actual coach at the helm, not just yeah. a guy who's. Oh, so I got to do what Joe Girardi's doing in New York and have a farewell tour for Kobe? Okay, I'll get the first pick for you. I'm fine. 
I, I just thought you were I thought you were going to bring up Justice Winslow because that's your guy. You in our redraft, you had him super high. I fell, oh, yeah. I fell off on like Winslow. I bought in on the Winslow, um, the Winslow hype after that national championship, and then it was just like where where was the guy I saw in college? He's that's what he's I need. Good, to see. He was on great. the bench. He's it, a good, not great. He'll have more time this year. Obviously, that Heat team will be needing guys mm-hmm. to step up in a big way. So I, th- I think he'll be fine this year. I think his numbers will actually probably bump up a little bit more than we expect because of that. But He's not going to be sitting behind Joe Johnson or Luol Deng anymore as well. <laughs> so he will be getting more playing time. But, yeah, I mean, I, I see him as a guy who's probably going to go out and average, like, probably 14 and a half and, like, 7 and 6. It, they're not bad numbers, but they're, they're not going to make you, you know, step out and be like, holy shit, because, look, Porzingis, you know, rookie year, tossed up ridiculous numbers. Cat tossed up ridiculous numbers. So... Yeah, they were in different circumstances, mm-hmm. but he didn't shine as much as we hoped to see him early on. I think if he did, he would have got more time off the bat. They wouldn't have had to bring in Joe Johnson for that, you know, extra shooting help for that extra veteran leadership because, you know, Justice Winslow just wasn't living up as to what we had hoped. And the one last thing I want to, and this is because Dave mentioned um, Chris Stops, and I just popped it into my mind. Mm-hmm. I could bring back the when it comes to the Jokic Chris Stops thing. Maybe in my mind, Jokic after this season maybe raises himself a little bit and maybe is that second because the big thing between the two of them when we talked about is, yeah, Chris Stapps I think was like either three to four points more per game on average, but he also played seven more minutes per game than yeah. Jokic did. It was like 28-27 on one side and then 20-21 on the other. Yeah, and, and one guy that I wasn't surprised uh, before we wrap this up, one guy I was surprised that uh, wasn't on here at all or, or mentioned even in the article and that you guys didn't bring up was your boy Bobby Portis. I was I really, for that. I, I honestly, I was like, who's going to mention the Bulls? Guys? I will mention the Bulls. I, I just I, The way he looked Let's in Summer League. Let's wait for this season. Yeah, Let's the, wait for it. The way he looked it's going to be good. Yeah, the way he looked in Summer League coming in, he just looked built. He looked bulky, and I, th- I think that— Especially after we ta- we trade the Taj Mahal and send him off somewhere. I don't, Some contender will open need him. Up, yeah, open up that hole. I don't think Bobby will be uh, starting right away, but I think he'll definitely show. A, a little bit and maybe be a part of a, a new bench mob yeah, uh, he, for you guys. He kind of filled out a little bit. I'm, I'm happy because, look, honestly, he was getting bullied around down low, and that's the reason why you know we still needed Taj around was, you know, he needed a year. He put on some muscle in this offseason. We saw a little bit of the highlights in the summer league. I'm excited, but he's not a top 10 player based off what we saw year one. I'm yeah. sorry. As much as I want to be, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I ripped on him when we drafted him, but unlike Tony Snell— shit. Unlike Tony Snell, he actually proved me wrong, so I like him now. Let us know who you think will be a top uh, sophomore in next year's class, who you think will actually be a surprise guy if they weren't mentioned on the list. Uh, tell us down below, but let's move on to the shooting guards. The top, We're ranking the top 30 shooting guards, starting shooting guards in the NBA. And if you do want to check out our full ranking, check out the link in the description or go to mostvaluablepodcast.com and check out the Fast Break article or go to our Twitter. We'll we'll definitely be pushing it out so it'll be uh, easy for you guys to find. Tweet at us and we'll send it to you. And also we're using the Real GM depth charts. uh, So guys like Brandon Ingram, who we'll get to, uh, is not on the list and Dave is pissed off about it. And also, I just have a feeling he's going to be a starting shooting guard. I don't know. And also uh, J.R. Smith, who has not signed with the Cavs. Uh, that one's going to kind of get difficult, but let, let, let's get into that talk first. We aren't going to actually be talking about every single 1 through 30 list, so pull up the article. You can compare the uh, the stats and all that, but let's get into the JR talk. Where would JR be? Because right now we have uh, Shumpert slash JR uh, at 23 right now. Where would you put JR compared to where Shumpert is right now? JR would be like a solid like 13 probably for me because, look, he is – Super good, and it's it's kind of like I feel dirty for saying it because 
yeah, he's kind of crazy. Yeah, his own daughter was like, yeah, he didn't get kicked off the team. <laughs> like, when you have those celebrations, like, you're, <laughs> that's the guy you want to put your money on. But weirdly enough, yes. Like, when that guy gets hot, he just shoots lights out. And he has been a great role player. He loves Cleveland. Like, all the guys on the team. I think that's what the biggest thing for him has been was, like, he found his, home. his fit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Cleveland's probably the perfect fit for him, and you could see that in his stats, just the rejuvenation. You could see the smile on his face. You could see the shirt that's not on him. I mean, shooting <laughs> over 40%, shooting 41% from the field. Uh, not, I mean, he's not, you know, being a all-star on defense, but I mean, still, no. like when you got guys around him who can play defense, his flaws aren't that that hidden. Like you said, he can go off, and he did that in the finals. He was huge for the Cavs, and you know, putting him in that area where guys like uh, Tyreek Evans, Bradley Beal, Victor Oladipo, Jordan that's Clarkson, exactly what yeah, I was going to say. Either he's eleven, twelve, or thirteen, and the only reason why for me, based off of our rankings, I might put him either above or below Bradley is when I look at Victor Oladipo, a little bit more defensive than JR. Oh, so for that's sure. why Oladipo would edge him out. But he shoots the lights. I know, I know. And that's why he'd probably go above <laughs> Avery Bradley and both Tyreek. Yeah. All right, but let's get into I mean, I think I think JR will definitely be a big part of that Cleveland team. Assuming he signs. Assuming he signs because we haven't seen him sign yet. We haven't heard any talks mm-hmm. developing yet. You know, LeBron just took LeBron took all the money. Yeah, Le- LeBron took all the money, so it might be uh getting rid of someone, but yeah, we'll definitely Here, have to here's see what where you JR do. comes I out. I take a hundred million and then you give a hundred million to JR. But JR, how does that work? <laughs> Anyways, let's get into the uh, let's dissect this a little bit. We'll break it down. From, so from twenty to thirty, what guys is kind of uh, you know kind of impressing you or, or kind of shocked that is, is there? Because right now the guy that I'm looking at is Josh Richardson. I don't know why you guys have him so low right now because Josh Richardson. I think he's better than twenty four where we have him right now. I think he's going to take a huge jump, uh, and especially with guys like Luol Deng being off the team. Joe Johnson. He's going to get more playing time. The, you know he's, he's going to be relied on. He's a fantastic three point shooter. He's got a lot of athletic. I do want to point out, though, he, like Josh Richardson ended up at 24, but none of us had him at 24. You were at 20, Sean. I was at 22. Dave was at 23. The big thing that, I mean, looking at the math, letting you guys in on it, that bumped him down was you had Gary Harris so much higher than me and Dave. Well, I kind of regret that. Then. Yeah, that was the I, main, I that was the main reason, because you had Gary Harris in your personal at 19, and how the math worked out, he was just so high to where Richardson got bumped down lower than all three of us. Well, Fair I enough. fucked up. Yeah. I fucked it's up. you, Sean. You're like, guys, why are we doing this? See, like, Sean, it's your fault. Because right now we have Josh Richardson under Amon Shumpert slash JR, but JR would be higher, yeah, like we just said. Yep. Uh, Tony Allen, who can't shoot the ball. But Gary, he plays amazing defense. He does, but, I mean, he's a one-trick pony. I mean, I mean, what you can use him. He's, he's not a super well-rounded player. I'll give you that. It's kind of like four on five on offense and then six on five on defense. So it does balance out to five right? on five, but and then I again, feel like you do, I feel like in the NBA, if you don't score points, you're not valued. But defense is very valuable. It just doesn't show up on the stat sheet. All when the time. you're when you're a shooting guard, like for me personally, I mean, it may be in the name, but it well, doesn't no, mean no, you have for, to do it. <laughs> for me personally, this is what I looked at. First, I looked at their points per game because you got to put up points. As a shooting guard. Do you? You don't have to put up, like, the fucking 30 points, but I would like to see at least 14 points from my shooting guard. Then the th- second thing I looked at, what are your sh- what are your percentages, both from beyond the arc and efficient? from two? Your efficiency in field goal percentage as well. And then the third thing I looked at was, what's your defense like? How many steals? How many blocks? How so well do you play defense? 
Defense is le- it's more of a tiebreaker. Defense was for me. I would I would honestly put it more efficiency, and then where how are you across the board? Is it yeah. just like top heavy? Are you you know completely just Rudy Gaying it, going like are you, you a know, ball stopper? Yeah, 19, <laughs> 19 points per game, and then like one assist, one rebound. Like that's what I was kind of like. Coach also the do, shoot, do shooting guards really need to rack up assists? Like what's the no, least amount of assists that you would say? Okay, that's a good amount for my shooting. A guard. good amount for four? Yeah, from your shooting guard. Yeah. I mean, what you want? You want him to be either the second or third on your mm-hmm. list. You don't like your center it, it unless you have Paul Gasol. Yeah, yeah, it depends a lot on the team. I'll give you that, but honestly, yeah, I think I think four is a fair number. I don't think it's too hard to end up with four re- four assists at the end of the game because look, the ball movement on a team, as long as you're not Rudy Gay. You're gonna get assists. <laughs> yeah, I mean, unless you're not like on a team with LeBron, you're like Kyrie who's a point guard. Yeah, even Melo has has great assist numbers. Like I know he's not a shooting guard, but it's like he's ball, ball stoppers. Hog, yeah, yeah, ball stoppers in general, you can make an effort, a very small one, and still get good numbers and assists. And, and the, the guys we're looking at here, I mean, really from twenty to to thirty, outside of guys like Rondé Howard Jefferson, who was just who was just young and injured. He That's only why played like twenty something games. Yeah, I mean, we, we didn't see that much from him. He, he can't take a jump up. And guys like Josh Richardson, those guys who were younger, and Gary Harris as well. Everyone else is basically washed you, up. Washed up. <laughs> I'll be rude and just say it. Washed up or is just straight up. Just he, they're better off as a role player because like guys like Aaron Aflalo would be a great bench scorer. Guys like Kyle Korver, three yep. point shoot, sh- three point shooter, and then just put put him on, just put him on the side and keep him down there. Courtney Skauskas, I would put him at the end of the bench and Nick, let him wear his warm ups. Yeah, Nick Skauskas is just a bag of trash. I don't know if Ricky has him at, at twenty nine above Korver. Korver well, at least shot forty percent from three. Here's the thing: I looked at the, the bottom level of insult for the, one spot. The, I looked. At the bottom two, the I looked worst. at the math. I said it wouldn't matter. Fuck it, I'm gonna put Corver at the bottom. Why do you hate Corver though? It wasn't hot a, sauce. No, no, it wasn't. A, I hate Corver. It was. I looked at both of you. Had Corver here, then Stauskas, and I wanted to be different. Contrarian. And, and knew it wouldn't matter in the end. We your podcast. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, but looking at looking at 20 through 30, I mean, it's kind of like what we we talked about with Moutier and Russell, where guys like Hollis Jefferson, uh, Richardson, and Gary Harris can take that jump. And it's more of these guys from 20 to 30 are really just going to be role players for their team and aren't going to be anything like all-star guys or, it over, yeah. or moving it up. But, but, but when you get to 19 to basically like seven, because that's how, you know, that's how evenly close uh, shooting guards are. I mean, all these guys can be all-stars because at 19, uh, we have uh, Devin Booker. Like, I don't know how Devin Booker, how we just gave him so much praise, is, is that low for us. I had him at 16. And I even oh. had him, I had him no. higher before I actually, like, went through. For some reason, oh, I it had was, him at 15, it was, it was Zach Levine and Devin Booker that I'm like, man, I have him here outside the top 10. And I'm like, that is ridiculously high. I need to bring them down a bit. Yeah, look. Uh, again, I, th- I think I hit it, though. It was, it was yes, he's good, <laughs> but they have five guys in that backcourt who could, you know, have starting minutes at mm. the end of the year. So it's hard to say this guy's gonna take over. He's gonna run this team. No, he's not. Let's just be, let's be honest. I love him, but he's not there yet. He's gonna get there. I hope. Oh, he will. He will definitely get there. Because I mean, you, you even talked about it. I mean, he's got the stroke. He's got all that. I mean, and he's he's got a team around he's him. He's mini Clay Thompson right now. His rookie year versus Clay's rookie year very similar. Pretty much. So and LeBron, he was one of the youngest guys said, to hit a thousand points. LeBron's even said that he sees future All Star in Devin Booker. Exactly, he gets praised around the league. I think it's it's just a matter of you got to wait for this kid to develop. One guy that I, I think is kind of overrated, and he's above Devin Booker, is Zach mm-hmm. Levine. I mean, look, yeah. looking at him, I mean, we talked about efficiency. 
38% isn't bad for a second-year player. Not bad. And shooting 45% from from the field, not bad. But then again, looking at it, it's just like, all right, you didn't. it, it doesn't feel like you make that much of a difference. And again, like even when I talked about it, assist numbers, he's near four. Is it so, also the team he plays on, too? Because he's... He's got the He's rookie of the year option. on his team. He's got a point guard that Minnesotians, they love him in Ricky Rubio. I like Chris Dunn better. I'm sorry. And that team is just so stacked. Well, he's, he's the third option on that team yeah. offensively. Let's, mm-hmm. let's be honest. And what he does bring is uh, phenomenal dunking skills. Uh, that's what, I think that's why I had him so high. We all enjoy but that. Phenomenal. We all enjoy that. So that that's the thing. It's like, look, he is a decent shooter, not a great shooter yet. He He's great when he drives to the hole, but... Again, his his game is still limited. He's he he's still young, so we're gonna give him the you know the yeah you're you're gonna be coming along, but he's in a way better position because mm-hmm. he has that starting role. He gets the minutes and he gets to develop alongside mm-hmm. all those guys who are in the same age group as him. And honestly, that team is like he's in a great spot to succeed. See, like you can say that about. Him. Oh, he is, he is. And if he get, gets a ring, I, I I wouldn't be shocked at all. But but then again, when I look at him, it's more of I don't know if he's gonna hit his cap. Because I th- I don't know if this is his cap where he might he might score he might average a little more because he'll get more minutes. If he went to a different team. No, but like if he stays on this team, oh, like okay. I think I, I think he kind of hit his cap where he will be that third option scoring from like seventeen yeah. to fourteen, which is good. But I feel like he will, you know he won't get the the same recognition where it's more of you know this guy they're winning because of this guy. He, they might be like well they want a game because it's of Zach and Wiggins. Yeah, like, but he let's do, be honest, they, he doesn't they drive need, that team. He doesn't need to be that guy. No, no, but I mean at the same time, if he goes like mm-hmm. say it say in two years he goes to a different team, mm-hmm. like I'm I'm saying he could probably put up, you know, like two more points a game yeah. easily without a problem because he he will be such a conditioned role player at that point that like if you expand the offense to include him a little more, I think he could step up at that point. He mm-hmm. could, but also then again, looking at him I'm also like, all right, well he could be just a better Shannon Brown to me because Possible, like if, yeah. if you look at Shannon Brown's minutes, he played like in at least twenty eleven, twenty twelve like 11, 11 points per game, but you know, Shannon Brown played less minutes, shot around the same percentage, uh, both field, uh, both from three, three point field goal and free throw, uh, from the free throw line. I mean, I just feel like he, he is kind of locked in unless he, like, I don't know if he, so do, you feel, do you see him like following back to, to a secondary, like, to I a, just don't know if he can take a big of a jump. Okay. I feel like people are t- expecting him to take that big of a jump. So, so from going where we have him at 16 to go, going into the top 10, like, I just don't see him taking yeah. that jump. I would be a little more hesitant. I think Devin Booker's more likely to make that jump uh, oh, for sure. more than Zach Levine. Yeah. And, and I mean, guys like Monta Ellis, I mean, I'm not that high on Monta Ellis. Why do you guys have him so high? He feels, he, he feels out of stat sheet, to be, to be completely honest. Like, his stats across the board are solid. Like, in no way is he a bad shooting guard. Mm-hmm. That, that's the honest answer. He's old. Uh, no argument there. But he's still good enough. I, I mean, that's... If I have the choice, like in the in the long run, who am I going to go with? The young guy, obviously. But for like one season, that's what we're doing here. Well, who's who's next season? How are they going to play out next season? Well, I think he's going to outperform some of these guys. And I mean, for me, it was a fact of okay, he can be below this guy. Okay, I can put this guy. And for me, I got to a point where it was like I can't put any of these guys below him, above him. Like I just can't do it. And to me, so you tried to tank him down. Well, it wasn't. I <laughs> tried really. to tank him down, but like. The only one for me that was like, a, okay, I'm going to put him above is I put Tony Allen one above Monta Ellis. I'd Monta at 19. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think that's terrible. And I had him at 20. So, I mean, it's the it's around that ballpark. See, and I had him lower than that. I think mm-hmm. I had him at 21. I don't know how your math is working here. Yeah, Ricky, math here. 22. I had him at 22. I don't know how this, this math's working Same out. Here. But, uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, just guys like this, like Caldwell Pope, I feel like he's going to take a job. Like, the, like, kind of from 
14 to 19 outside of Monta Ellis. These guys are either going to you know make it this year in Devin Booker, Jordan Clarkson, Caldwell Pope, and Levine, or it's just going to be they're hitting their cap. That, that's their landing spot. I, yeah, I feel like this is their their year to to break out or just kind of bust. And maybe outside of Devin Booker because Booker does have a couple mm-hmm. more years to grow. But like Levine, Caldwell Pope, and Clarkson, I feel like will finally. I think Clarkson is in a great spot already. I don't. I don't. He expect is, him to continue growing because his future is to be a sixth man, to be blatantly honest. Well, and that's yeah. the thing of, I mean, we could have put Brandon Ingram in there, and we probably should have. We put, probably should have I said, mean, fuck it, let's we'll put see. Brandon Ingram we'll in there. We'll see if he goes shooting guard for his first year because of his weight and his, you know, mm-hmm. They could go right small, now. too. I mean, they could. They, they could, could put, I mean, Lowell Dang played power forward in the yeah. heat for the playoffs. That so, rejuvenated I mean, him, weirdly enough. We might be able to see that, and maybe they'll put Brandon Ingram at the at the, at the the three, and they probably will put him in the in the starting lineup the yeah. first game, no matter what, just because he's Brandon Ingram. He's the mm-hmm. number two tick. you got to try him out. No matter what lineup you go with. Exactly. All right, let's stop messing around with the guys that that might take a break, and let's go Let's go up into the, the top 11, because that's those are the guys that, because I want to throw in Victor Oladipo, because we love talking about him here. Um, <laughs> what what guys are, are are overrated in your mind? Chris Middleton. Why? What? It was one of those things what? for me. Is it because okay. he's okay. in Milwaukee and okay. doesn't get the attention? Let, just team let, length. Let me, let me just... Team length. Let, <laughs> let, me, let me explain this one. I was looking at Middleton, and for me it was... At first, I looked at you guys and I went, "Why? Like, why is he so high?" There's guys that I think should be above him, and if you look at his stat sheet, it is good. I think a part of it is to kind of disconnecting that. Okay, he plays for Milwaukee and they're bad, so I have to kind of disconnect that a little bit. But for me, I kind of had Chris Middleton a lot lower. Like I had Oladipo above him, I had Bradley Beal above him. But the thing about Bradley Beal where I was like maybe I shouldn't have him so high is the injury concern, kind of like what we talked about with Tony Allen where Allen only played 25 games. But with Beal, should he be above Middleton because of his injury problems? He also plays with John Wall, and Middleton doesn't have that same kind of person next to him. I also had Nicholas Batum ahead of Chris Middleton. So for me, that was the guy where I had... 46 and 40% respectively. He put up over 18 points a game. Again, no, like I said, like, it, it's kind of not put like I looked at the, the stats assist numbers as well. No. Yeah, it was pretty much 4-4 four and four for assists and Had rebounds. two steals close enough. Mind-bottling for me. Didn't know where to put him. Mind was in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Didn't know where to put him. I think D-Wade's completely fucking overrated. Come on! You're, you're I mean, just jumping up to get that se- off your head. I, I needed to get it off. Seven overall. I mean, seven for D Wade, and, and I want to give as much respect to D Wade as I can because Dwayne Wade, one of the best players in in the past. And 20 he pulled years. out in the playoffs. Like he did. He, he went all out, and he even shot efficiently from three. And and that was that was surprising for D Wade. But honestly, I mean, looking at this this te- the Chicago Bulls team, we've talked about it. There's going to be no flow of this ball. There's going to be no outside. Yeah, but it's shooting. coming into this season. Yeah, coming, coming into in. this season, what, what I, we still see this team. But is that the thing? Are we taking the system that they're going to yes. be in now? Yeah, because how is he going to play on that team? I don't know. How is he going to play on the team? team. This, this, Bradley well, Bill was injured half the year, I, so if he's going to play 20, year, 20 games, I'll put him at the bottom of the list. Because I looked at it, I've, I've seen what kind of a player he can be. I looked at his stats, yeah. and his stats from last year are what you want a shooting guard to be. He shot 26% from three. Or something um, ridiculous like he, that. But he's also a guy that's you know that's what you're getting from him. He's going to drive to the hole. Exactly. And so are the other two players in that <sighs> offense. I yeah. mean, there's going to be no rotation of that ball. He's going to what are you going to drive in and 
you know, dish it into Taj Gibson, who's going to clog up the lane, or no, you're going to give it to Jimmy Butler, who's going to drive, drive into in. the lane. They're going to give it to Rajon Rondo, who's going to drive into the lane. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's just, I'm hitting the mic stand here. I mean, like he <laughs> shot 15 percent from three. Yeah, but I look at 15 percent, Ricky. But for me, I look at the 45 percent overall field goal percentage, the the 46 from two, the 45.9 percent from his effective field goal range, the 19 points per game. Rebounds and assists, four and four for a shooting guard like right him. Right where we expect. Right where we expect. But he's to, old. He's he old. got older. And to me, it's you kind of six. It's kind of the flip side of yeah. Well, because the guys I have lower than him, Redick is a guy. You're who talking all efficiency. He, okay, Jesus wait, Christ, wait, he wait, shot wait, higher wait, than Clay Thompson. Wait. I'm just saying, where I have the guys below him, I'd take him over Batoon. I would take him. Well, JJ Redick. The tricky thing with him is he's a shooter, and he's just he's one of the best shooters. And outside, of, outside of Curry and Clay. Yeah. And like Bradley Beal, I'd take D. Wade. Oladipo, Wade. Middleton, Wade. So where I had him, it was, okay, the guys above him are clearly above him. The guys behind him are clearly behind him. I think him. you're a homer. Oh, I'll, I'll be 100% honest with If you. I was a homer, I would have had him at three. If really? I was really a homer. If you were a homer, really? you put him at three, we would have just deleted this and been like, nah, we can't do this because one of these kids <laughs> is like just acting like a 12-year-old over here. Also, real quick, your, Dave gave me a look when I said uh, he's, 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 he's a he's, better shooter than Clay, and we had just talked about percentages, okay. and no one outpercentages Curry JJ. shot 400 threes and shot 45% from there. <laughs> I know. Jesus. Like, I know. The man set a record. He's, I mean, he's the greatest shooter of our generation. Yeah. I mean, like, JJ Efficiency-wise, though. JJ Reddick's efficient. You can right. make that eight. You can make that case, and I did. I was an asshole about it. I, I thought that, as far as I understand, he's a guy who fits the system very well, and he has a he has a small role. I, I wouldn't call it small. He has a role on that team, mm-hmm. and he performs to the utmost. Like there's no player who for, who fulfills that role better than him right now in the NBA. So I don't know. I, I just feel like him at five for me was good, but I understand the reason to bump him back a little. But D Wade, it's more so. I feel like you're giving too much credit for what he's done for you before and not for what we expect out of him this season with this new system and with another year under those knees. I'm looking at it coming into this season, and that's where I have him. Final topic here that I want to touch on is Clay versus James Harden. Ricky and I both had Clay. For a second, before we do Clay, Tom, I just really quickly, see, we got to do CJ and DeMar too because we had those yeah. guys. With well, me, it's all about CJ because he's got more points and he doesn't have a Kyle Lowry. Yeah, but I mean, with, with CJ McCollum, he has a D- Damian Lillard. So I mean he has a Damian yeah. Lillard. I mean it's not Fat like he's Robin. Yeah, it, it's it's really like CJ. CJ came out of nowhere as well. I mean CJ mm-hmm. was most improved player, and, and with Demar Derozan, I mean it's like he's been doing this consistently. So maybe if CJ does this again next year, then I'd be imp- you know then I'd be more impressed and more inclined to put him put him there. But I mean also Demar has the better team. It, it performed better. It was more of it was splitting hairs with them, and it was just more Demar did it more. Uh, more consistently. He did it more better. He did Just it more say, You're trying to. I can more see better. you like, chugging through that one. But, uh, Plus fancy dunks. I know. Fancy <laughs> dunks are always going to give you more points. But look, CJ is very good. I, I've got him higher because of his outstanding outside shooting and his ability to work in their offense. Look, mm-hmm. DeMar DeRozan is, I don't want to say a ball stopper on the Rudy Gay level, but he he's not very good for ball movement for your team. That's fair. CJ continues with ball movement. I think him and Dame... Yeah, I give a lot of the credit to Dame still. And like you said, we saw this breakout year from CJ, and I really want to see it continue. I've got him ranked really highly because I expect it to continue because that team has only improved themselves. They haven't taken a step back. So I think his role will maintain at that same level, and he'll get more comfortable in it. So 
I only see improvement for CJ Demar. I feel like I don't know if the, if we've seen the best because, like you said, he's consistent at where he's at. This might be his top out point. Demar, I mean, really outside of you know outside of ten feet is not that efficient. I mean, the he drives and he gets free throws. Yeah, the 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 right corner, uh, the the right elbow is is very efficient for him at like forty four percent. But the left elbow, he shoots about thirty six percent. Top of the key, thirty seven percent. The wings, thirty seven percent. He's got forty three percent on the right wing. But I mean, really, he, he he does struggle at least shooting the ball, and I understand your your ball stopping point. So I mean, with CJ, I think it's just he needs that one more year. Fair enough. And, and I think it's it was it was close. I had him at four. It's a respectable argument. And, and four DeMar. and three. I mean, we're we're arguing over hairs there. You had James Harden at number one. Fuck, I did. Ricky and I had Clay, Clay Thompson. Make the argument. He put up a stat sheet that has been only matched a handful of times in the NBA by all time greats last year. All-time great. Barely made the playoffs. Barely made the playoffs. I'll give you that. Had, he, had, he and also set the record for most turnovers. Doesn't play defense. That's my big It's thing. hard to play defense when you're the only source of offense on your entire That's team. That's fair. And, and he, he can play defense when he was more motivated. It, he did. He did. But when you're out there, like, averaging over 30, I forget his minutes per game, but it was high. And look, he was their only source of offense. He was everything to that team. He was their point guard. He was their shooting guard. He was everything to them. He was their coach on the court. Like, they fired him early in the season. Like, nah, James, you got this. He also had 374 turnovers, which is an NBA record. It's going to happen when you're the only one handling the ball. That's fair, and he's still number two. I'm not saying he's a bad player. (laughs) The thing is more of... unparalleled stat line in the history of the game. Not unparalleled, but but on the top level with the greatest of the people who have ever played it, versus Clay, who is a Robin in my... Logic, he's the only second not, man. Not, you're not wrong with that. But I'll give it to you. That man goes off, and he wins games. Like, by himself, he will win you a game. If Steph's the best shooter in the league, Clay is not far behind him. Clay, I, Clay I mean, is too. Clay, no Clay is gonna, a yeah. fantastic shooter. If we're talking about the current NBA, Clay can also play defense as well. I mean, looking at Clay, he can do it all. You don't have to worry about the defense. And, and is he in the perfect system? Yeah. Probably. I mean, yeah. I mean, James it, Harden is in no system. And he's willing his team to win. He's going in lane. He's he's fouling out centers and power forwards to make the game easier on his own guys. They don't take advantage of that nearly enough. He he is that team. Like I can't. It's the Houston James Harden. He is that team, but Clay has more rings, and Clay has been there. Oh my god! More make that I, I fucking see, swear. I wasn't going to even bring that in. <laughs> it's when, just true though. When it came down to this pick, who yeah, kicked James Harden ass in the past two years? In okay, the playoffs? but but, but <laughs> Clay. With, but with rings, it's. It's, it's more than just one person. Yeah, it's different. I looked at yeah. it this way. Who's got the more scoring? By not that much, but that it's, much? Still, it's still seven points. It's a lot of points. 29 to 22.1, James Harden. Yeah. To me, who's the better shooter? Clay. James, okay? James lives at the line. My no la- one's going to argue that. My yeah. last one, who plays better defense, and it came down to Clay. That's why I put him number one because he can do – I can put him out there. He can give me 22 a night. He's your number one He's stop a solid run defense. Stu- yeah. shooter. If he wasn't playing defense, the Warriors may have no rings. Clay's also a very good well, if passer. He, if he doesn't well. go off like 30 and a quarter multiple yeah. times this year, they I mean well, it's, like we know, he has that capability. We know how is, we know how defensive Steph Curry is. So he you, hides. you need that defense from Clay Thompson where He's but, also he's also got Draymond to rely on. But James Harden is the defense. He is the he is that team. That like, defense isn't that good. I, I know. Look. Trust me, opponents average over 100 points a game, probably like 115, like <laughs> realistically, against the Rockets. But when you're a one-man team, 
I can't give him enough credit because I feel like he got snubbed from the first, second, and third team all NBA over politics and bullshit. Dave salty over that. I am still salty, salty. over that because he deserves respect. The I, I just can't believe like the stat line he puts up and the literal amount of respect he gets because of that. Also, real quick, you said his his turnovers were were basically you know it, you know it was it was he was basically the whole team. I mean yeah. last the year before that plays, yeah. the year before that when he made the Western Conference Finals still was averaging four turnovers a game. This year he averaged four point six. So I mean he still uh. he still turns over the ball a lot and and he is trying to create plays. But he's but also still, the point guard. Clay's. He is, but you still can't turn over the ball 4.6 times a game. But when you handle the ball more than anyone Chris else Paul the doesn't do that. Find, well, Chris Paul is like the John Stockton of our era of point guards. All right. Well, if he's a point guard, I mean— But James Harden's a shooting guard. That's my point a, is, yeah. as a shooting guard, he is also taking the responsibility for a point guard. That's why I give him the extra credit, because when you have that many touches on a ball during a game— if you combine those two guys on that team, well, Clay also has average to, turnover for two guys. Clay usually has to guard the best defender or best player on the other team. He has to usually defend that, that right. best player. So I mean, like he usually he's takes playing two way full time. Yeah, I understand. So he's, he's got to t- take. But James Harden's playing full-time. two positions on offense. Yeah, but also <laughs> Clay. <laughs> they both play two positions. Well, I'll give they you both. That. They both do. One does so, a two way. One does a two on offense. So we'll we'll pose the question: Who is better, Clay Thompson or James Harden? Tell us in the comments down below. Again, do not forget to check us out on BlogTalkRadio.com/slash Most Valuable Podcast. That's where you could check out our full podcast. Also in the description below, you can find our Twitters and social medias. Don't forget to check out Patreon.com/slash Most Valuable Podcast. That's gonna wrap this up. Also check out the article where we rank this all out. So if you were following along, you check it out. Or if you want to check check it out uh in in, in post listen uh you can check that out in the description as well that's gonna wrap it up for dave and ricky i am sean anderson and we'll see you next time thank you for listening to this mvp podcast follow us on twitter at most valuable pod for more great podcasts